Well, good morning, Lake Hills Church. You guys glad it's still a little bit of summer? Yeah? All the parents are like, I need school to start. All right? All right. Well, my name is Dan Underhill. I am the student pastor here at Lake Hills Church, and it is my privilege to be able to share the message with you today. But before we start, would you bow your heads with me and open in a word of prayer, make sure we get our heads and our hearts focused in the right direction. Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege and the honor that it is to be in your house. God, we ask today that what we say and do here would glorify you. God, we ask that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, and open up our spirits to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. The title of today's message is To Be Determined. Right now, there are people going, he does not know what he's going to talk about. Okay? No, that's actually the title, To Be Determined. Look to the, the person sitting next to you, whoever your favorite is, look him right in the eyes, right? Whoever your favorite is, and say, To Be Determined. To be determined. How many of you know that sometimes in life, things don't play out the way you planned? Amen? Oh, amen. Things sometimes just don't turn out the way you planned. And sometimes they do turn out the way you planned. And sometimes you don't even have a plan. You're just like, I don't know. I'm working on it. Right? How many of those in the house be like, you know what? Sometimes I just don't plan. That's my plan. I don't have a plan. Right? Yeah, that sometimes is my plan, and my wife is like, are you kidding me right now? You don't have a plan, all right? So all the people that are more analytical are like, you're killing me. All right, so here, I want to give you more of a working definition, okay, of to be determined, not yet decided, a work in progress, or still in process. What better way to communicate how God prepares, equips, guides and directs our lives. What God wants to do through us, his will for our lives, and our living out that will are very much to be determined. God is active and involved in your life and would love to engage with you in a story that you get to play the leading role. And I want to tell you a story about before I got here. You see, I remember back when, when I got a phone call from a friend of mine in New York City. His name is Chris Durso, and he said, Dan, I just got a phone call from a guy in Austin, Texas, and said he needs a student pastor. And I said, okay, that's great. And he goes, your name is all over this. And I said, that's great, but I have a job. See, at that time, I was working in another church. I was a student pastor there, but I was also doing executive coaching for about 12 CEOs. I was very busy with my time, and my wife and I had just bought a brand new house. And he goes, can I have this guy give you a call? And I said, no, sir. You absolutely can't. And he's like, pardon me? And I'm like, I'm not going to talk to another pastor about working at another church without getting permission from my current pastor. I was like, that's a little shady, and I don't, I don't do business that way. And he goes, all right. <laughs> so I said, listen, let me talk with my pastor, and, and I'll get back with you. I talked with him, and I, my pastor at the time, my boss, said to me, he goes, he goes, Dan, you can talk to him, but you ain't going anywhere. And I said, thanks for the assurance. That's good. It, it would have been worse if we were like, hey, you can talk to him. You don't want to hurry up. Schedule that appointment like next week. No, it was, it was all very good and well done. And I started to talk to Mac, and the more I talked with Mac Richard, 
the more I was like, this guy's heart is my heart. This guy's DNA matches some of my DNA. I'm not quite as thin and built like rugged blue steel as he is, okay? But some of the DNA. And I was like, man, my heart and vision for ministry and what I want to do and what I believe God's called us to do. And we were talking more and more. And he said, Dan, I've had enough of this. Let's stop talking. I want to fly you and your wife down here. And I want to meet you. And let's, let's accelerate this interview process. And I said, man, I'm good with that. I was talking with my, my senior pastor. I said, man, he wants to fly me down. He goes, man, go. This will be great. Good for you and your wife. Absolutely. You're not going anywhere. But go ahead. It's funny to see me preaching, right? Because you kind of know how the story, you're like, ooh, I know how the story ends. <laughs> oh, I know this one, right? Okay, so we fly down here. We're staying in a hotel. And as we're on our way here and we're doing interviews, I start feeling God starting to talk to my spirit and kind of my gut, just kind of like, I'm coming here. I did not mention a word of this to my wife. I was like, oh boy. And as God started to stir and speak to me, I said, God, you got to help me, okay? Because New York and Texas are two different animals altogether, okay? And I said, God, you got to help me out here. If you want me to do this, here are the three things I need to be able to know that it's you. Because sometimes I can't trust me. How many guys feel like sometimes you just can't trust your own intentions, Right? It's like, is that me? Is that God? Is that just pepperoni? Am I just dreaming? What is this? What, did I have a bad Italian last night? Okay. And so I said, God, here's the three things. If you could do these things, I'll know this is you. If you could tell my senior pastor and my assistant pastor in New York, tell them that this is where you're sending me and they're in agreement and send me and bless me on the way out, then I'll know that this is you. Secondly, my wife had lived in the same place in the same church for 30 plus years. And I said, you've got to tell her because I ain't. <laughs> okay. And then the third thing, we had just bought a brand new house. We had lived in it for just a few months, renovated it. I mean, I worked my fingers to the bone on this thing, a beautiful little brick house with black shutters on it. Good, almost a full acre, the side hill where the kids could sled in New York. It was so perfect. My coaching business was doing good. Student ministry was doing good. I said, but you got to do something with this house if you want me to go. And so we flew down here. We started doing these interviews, and God was talking to me, stirring in my gut, and I was like, oh, man, you got to tell him. You got to tell him. You got to tell her. God, please tell her. Jesus, if you hear me, Jesus, tell her. Real man of faith, right? 6'3", a lot of pounds, okay? Scared to death of 5'4", and very little pounds, okay? I'm just like, you got to tell her, because when mama says, we go, mm -hmm, yes, ma'am, we'll do that. So anyway, we're in the elevator, we're, we're, we're on our way down to uh, breakfast to, to meet with Mac, and things have gone swimmingly, just great, and we just love it and fell in love with the place. And my, my cell phone rings, and I pick it up. I'm like, hello? And it's my wife's dad. And she says, uh, he says, uh, is my daughter there? And I said, yes, sir. And she's looking good. And he's like, put her on the phone. I say, yes, sir. 
handed her the phone, and as I handed her the phone, tears began to well up in her eyes. And as a husband, when somebody else makes your wife cry, all of a sudden you start to bow up like, what's going on around here? And she smiled, and she just started flooding some tears. What I didn't know was at that point, what I did not know at that point was that my wife went to bed the night before saying, God, I came down here not knowing if this was you. But I love it. I love Mac. I love Julie. I love Lake Hills. I even like Austin. This place is amazing. It's gorgeous and warm. It's different than New York. And she said, you know what, God? My heart's telling me this is where we got to go, but I can't trust my heart. So you know what I want to do, God? I know my father hears from you. He's a praying man. And if he hears from you and tells us to go, then I'll know that it's you because he hates it when any family moves away from a nice little huddled nest. But I'll know that that's you. And what was happening on the cell phone was this. Her father said to her, baby girl, the wheels went up on your plane and God said, you got to go. She was praying that prayer at 11 o'clock at night, the night before, with her head on the pillow. And about nine o'clock that morning, her father was on my phone saying, it's time to go. God has a plan and God has a destiny for you and he wants to determine it for you. You see, the other three things all happened for me. My senior pastor called me and said, absolutely, you can go. This is what God's doing. My assistant pastor was like, are you kidding me? Austin, Texas, a little bit of city and a little bit of country? That means Dan, because I'm a little bit of city and a little bit of country, okay? And then my wife says, God's telling us we have to go. And I'm like, yes, what am I going to do with this house? <laughs> And so I put it on the market, and I think it was two weeks later, we had someone who wanted to rent it for several hundred dollars more than we pay every month. Isn't God good? God is so good, and he wants to engage with you to determine your story. The question I have for you today is how do you determine how you make your choices? How do you determine how you make your choices and the first thing I want to talk to you about today is you walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to read a verse to you. It's found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. You can write this down in your notes if you have them there. First of all, we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is where it tells us in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How do you make your choices? By faith, not by sight. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's always good. Amen? Sometimes it's not good. And, you know, for us here in Austin, we were coming from a whole different world in New York. I mean, we were just like, where Austin, Austin, that's south of here, correct? Now, when we got here, my mama sweet pancakes and maple syrup this place is great. We love it here. We absolutely love it. But it took an act of faith, not sight, because my job was great. I just built, I just bought a brand new home. Everything was going fantastic. And then God said, it's time to go. And I had to take that step of faith and go, God, my answer is yes. 
My answer is yes to your will, not my will be done. And so again, how do you make the choices that you have to make? What is your system for making choices? I want to give you three ways to be able to make some of these important decisions. Number one, put God at the top of decision-making processes. Put him at the very front. I would challenge you, go to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because then he can speak to you and engage with you. Because he died for you. And he wants to be engaged with you. So put him at the very top of your decision-making process. Number two, check with spiritual authorities. I told you that I checked with my pastor and said, man, I don't know about this. And at first he was like, mm, you ain't going anywhere. I don't want to have to fix that mess right now. But then God spoke to him and was faithful. I know far too many people that make decisions based on, oh, is it a good financial decision? Oh, my company's going to transfer me there. That's great. It's good financially. It's good recreationally. Climate-wise, it's fantastic. Spiritually, how is it for your kids? Spiritually, is that the place where God's asking you to go? And how are they going to handle that? One of the great blessings in my life is the fact that when we moved here, we're surrounded by the most incredible community. We live right behind the school. I was like, are those bicycles out there on the curb? They're like, yes. And I said, why are they not chained up? They're like, why would they be? I was like, because someone needs a new bike. And that's where they go shopping for bikes. Remember, New York and Texas, two different mindsets. And I was like, Mike, they're like, are you kidding? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you know, you see a dog sitting on the corner. <laughs> and it's spot waiting for Johnny to get out of school and they can kind of, yay. That's where we live. If I didn't listen, my kids would be chaining up their bikes, running from pit bulls, right? God loves you and has such a good plan. Check with spiritual authorities because they can help you make good decisions. Spiritually, where my kids are at are so farther advanced than where they were because we kept listening because it was still to be determined. To be determined. And we walk by faith, not by sight. The third one is seek good counsel. Proverbs 15.22 says, you know what? There's wisdom in many counselors. You need to seek good counsel. And again, social media is not the place to necessarily get good counsel. Okay, just because Facebook says it or Twitter says it doesn't be like, oh, I'm gone. That's a good decision. No, no, no. You have got to get good people around you that can help you make these decisions. There are men in my life that I thank him so much for because as far as L.A. to New York, all over the country, here in Texas and Austin, they say, Dan, are you sure that that's the right choice? I'm like, you know what? I trust God to give me good people, to give me good counsel and good advice. And then, write this down, trust the process. So many times we want to jump the process. We're like, no, 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 I can figure this out. I got this. And sometimes God's like, man, but I want to be involved. I want to be engaged. I know the plans I have for you that are so much bigger than what you could consider. Would you engage with me? You're talking about the creator of the universe that holds the world in his hands. And he's saying, I want to be engaged with you. I want to talk with you. 
I want to use these ways, but you have to trust me. Because a lot of times in life, it's not about the destination. It's really about the journey getting there. My wife and I had the privilege of driving to New York for our vacation just a few weeks back. That's a long way, y'all. 28 hours in a suburban with four children under the age of 10. Okay? I'm a man of faith. All right? But I'll tell you what, it's important to have a good co-captain. Because that young lady right there was handing out snacks and putting DVDs in the headrest. And she's handing out, you can take a sip, only a sip. You cannot drink that. Right? Because I have to pee. I have to pee, Dad. Right? Not once in a 28-hour trip did we even have a, are we there yet? We didn't have that. Okay, we also didn't have the, Dad, you have to pull over. I have to use the bathroom. It never happened. It's good to have a good co-captain when you're on a road trip, but it's even better to have the captain who's leading your life trip down the road because he knows what's coming, whether there's traffic, bumps in the roads, or accidents that are waiting to happen. And he's saying, hey, I know this. I want to engage with you. Trust me, I've got this. I've got this for you. It's interesting to me that it's so much easier to trust God with our eternity than it is to trust him with the day-to-day. God, I'm good. I know you've saved me. I know I'm good. When I die, I know where I'm going. But next week, I'm not sure if you've got it. God, do you understand? And I'm, I'm talking to you from my life. I'm not accusing you of anything because I know how I am. It's like, God, I know we're good and we're awesome, but what are we going to do about this? And I start to work it and work it and work it and figure out, I have to figure out this plan. And God's like, that's not yet to be determined. I've got you trust the process. Second, you've got to determine to be determined. It takes a little grit, a little bit of grit. Look at the person next to you and just say, a little bit of grit. It's important that you are determined to be determined because when you don't know what's it lies in front of you, you've got to have some ironclad personality, some backbone to stand in there and say, I'm going to stay in here and fight because I'm going to do what's right and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. I learned that from a pastor here. That Man, what a profound statement. Do what's right and let the chips fall where they may. We could close up Bibles and walk away right now. If we could just live that one thing, right? I'm going to do the right thing Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do what's right. So many times we overthink that process. And that's because we're not determined to be determined. And we need to be determined. I'm more convinced every day that it's not about what happens to you in life. It's about how you choose to respond to what happens to you in life. You see, we lived here for, we're going to be here in three years in October. About a year ago, it was in July, I got a phone call from uh, the gentleman who rented me a house right across the street from here over in Lake Point. He just said, hey, Dan. I said, how you doing? He goes, I have bad news for you. I said, that's great. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. He goes, unfortunately, you have to be out of the house at the end of the month. And I was like, excuse me? Wife, four kids. 
you have to be out of the house at the end of the month. I said, uh, is there a problem? Have I not paid my rent? Have I not done what you've asked me to do? He's like, no, you've been great. You just paid your rent spot on every time, all the time. I said, so what's the problem? He goes, I'm in trouble in the house. And I have to sell it. I'm really sorry. What he didn't know was in that moment, I'm sitting here in my offices knowing that my wife leaves, this is the beginning of July now, she leaves in one week at the end of that week to go to New York for an entire month. And we have to be out by the end of the month. I leave one week later for a two-week vacation and get back just a few days before the end of the month. But it was in that moment that God just kind of said something to me and I started to walk by faith instead of by sight and just said, you know what? this is going to work out good for you. And I was like, is it? Because if it isn't, I need to know now. <laughs> and it was. And I, I remember talking to staff. They're just like, you have to move. I'm like, yeah. Like, Did you not pay your rent? I'm like, I paid my rent. <laughs> Seriously. And then I started getting, well, you know, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. I was determined to be determined. I said, you know what? This is going to work out great. Watch. God started to put that in me. I started to walk by faith and said, you know what? This is, this is going to be great. You know what? This is going to work out for my benefit. You know what? Because I know that the Bible tells me all things work together for the good of those who love them. And if it's all things, then he knew this was coming. And he knew how to get me where I'm going to go because he loves me. And if all things are all things, then this is an all thing. I'm going to need some help. <laughs> and you know what? I started making some phone calls. A gentleman across the street had just moved to D.C. And I said, hey, Peter. Is there any way that your house is available? I know you just moved. Did somebody already rent it? He goes, yeah, actually, somebody already did. He goes, but you don't want it because it's way overpriced and it's not that nice. And I was like, great. I enjoy nothing as opposed to something. And he goes, but I think God's setting you up, Dan. I said, what are you setting me up? He goes, we're the only crazy people that moved from Austin. He was uh, restationed in uh, D.C. He goes, we're the only crazy people that as we were leaving, we saw a house we liked and we put an offer in on the house. We'd like to buy that house. And you know what? If we get it, there's nothing we'd like better than to have you and your family in it. And I was like, me too. <laughs> He said, because what we like to do as a family is to bless those in ministry. Because we love what you do with youth ministry. We love that you serve the church and the next generation. We like to rent to people at below market rent so that that way they're freed up to be able to do what God's called them to do. God knew what was happening in the beginning of July when he was setting me up. It was still to be determined where we were going to live. The long and short is this. We moved from one side of Lake Point to right behind the school. And our kids live at the end of a cul-de-sac. And those with kids know that a cul-de-sac is a big, daggum deal. They are the kings of the cul-de-sac, okay? They run that thing. The backyard is beautiful. And better than all of that, $400 less every month is my rent. God knows, and he might be setting you up to see how you respond. 
to say, how are you going to respond to this? I've got some things I want to do, but it's really not about what's happening to you. It's about how you respond to what is happening to you. He's the creator of the universe. What can't he do? And I'm, I don't want to just tell you all these stories and have you be like, man, it worked out perfect. All right, if I just have faith, everything's going to work out. No, there was 24 days in that story. And there was a lot of days of me going, I got to determine to be determined. There's a lot of times where it doesn't work out real quickly. But that doesn't change the way you respond. You have to respond with faith. And faith, very simply defined, is a positive response to God. God, I realize this just happened, but I know you. And I know you have a plan. And I know I can trust you because your word says you'll never leave me or forsake me. And that you have a great destiny for me in my life. And I trust you. The rest of these people, I don't know about. <laughs> but you, I know that you have my back. That's what faith is. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when you do enact that faith, God can do absolutely amazing things. And I want to let you know, the next generation is watching. I told you I had four kids underneath the age of 10 in my house. When I tell you, they're watching. Everything you do, they see. Everything you say, they hear. Every way you respond, they know. You ever notice sometimes you hear your kids saying something? And you're like, where did you hear that? Oh, never mind. We were on vacation and my youngest boy, Logan, said that he was frustrated with his shoes, so we went out and bought him some Crocs, because he's going to be in the pool the whole time, and he's, he doesn't want these Crocs. He starts kind of battling. You know, I don't know where he gets a strong personality, uh, probably from his mom, but he, he's like, no, I don't want to wear these Crocs. I don't want to, and he's determined to be determined, right? And he says, I don't want to wear these Crocs. I'm like, you're going to wear those Crocs. I'm going to put them Crocs on you right now. You're going to wear them. And so we agreed to disagree, and I won, Okay. So he's wearing the Crocs, and we leave, and we go off the deck, and uh, my wife's sister is there. And he looks up at her and he goes, apparently my parents don't realize that I can't tolerate the way these Crocs feel. Five years old, folks. Five years old. He gets it from somewhere. His mom is brilliant, uses $10 words all the time. And I'm just like, Apparently, my parents don't realize you can't tolerate. You wrote those three words in one sentence. They hear you. And I want to encourage you, leave a legacy to them. Leave a legacy of faith. Leave a legacy of being determined to be determined and to walk by faith and not by sight. Because they're watching, they're listening, they're growing up, and they're getting ready to lead the church. See, a lot of people see the next generation and go, oh, man, they're entitled. And you're right. Some of them are. Some of them are very entitled. But you know how they got that way? And I'm smiling. I'm being nice. And I love you. We taught them that. We taught them that. By how we chose to respond. By how we saw things. By how we dealt with things. 
And they got that way for a reason. But there's a whole other group that's ready to go because you can change it. You can speak to things which are not as though they are. And you can see a generation that's rising up. I'm seeing them now in our student ministry. They are ready to do things that are incredible. I was speaking to a group of them. There's about 10 of them over this summer that said, you know what, we're going to give up our summers, okay, and we're going to come in and serve. We're going to be at the church at 8.30 in the morning to do devotions. Not only are we going to do that, but then we're going to talk about leadership and how we can be better leaders in our community. And then not only am I going to do that, I'm then going to go out on a mobile loaves and fishes truck and serve those that are less fortunate than me. Every morning, Monday through Thursday, like clockwork, there, leading, guiding, stepping back, giving to those that are less fortunate to them. The future is bright, my friends. The students that are coming up behind you, you better watch out because they're coming. And if you don't get going, they'll overtake you because they're on a mission, they're with a purpose, and they're designed for something more than just the average but they're watching you to say, will you lead me? Will you show me the way to go? And if you show me, I'll go. They're loving it. They're absolutely loving leadership and loving to lead the next generation. I met with a group of them this week, and this is what came out of one of their mouths. As we read through Philippians chapter 4, one girl says this. She goes, you know, being content, Dan, really doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances. It has to do with whether or not you trust God. 16 years old. She's telling me. I had to tweet it. I was like, it's good. <laughs> good thing I got that out there on social media. <laughs> and then the hashtag is, who teaching Who? This generation is ready. This generation is ripe. This generation is watching you and they're saying, lead me. And I'm telling you today that you have got something awesome that God's designed for you to do. And you might be in the process. It, it might not be totally determined right now. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan. And it doesn't mean that he's left you. It doesn't mean that he's forsaken you. If he can hold on to your eternity in his fingertips and say, I've got you, then he can certainly take care of your tomorrow. Because he loves you. Last and not least, seek him. Seek him. You should write that down. That's hard to remember sometimes, isn't it? You get so busy seeking other things and doing things throughout a day, we forget to seek the one who has all the answers. This is what it says in Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek him first in his righteousness. Righteousness. Dan, I, I, I can't. I can't be righteous. It's too hard. You're right. Nor can I. That's what's great about Jesus. He leveled the playing field and said, you know what? You can't be good enough on your own. You don't have it. But that's why I died on a cross, so that that way God can't even see your mistakes, can't even see your mess, can't even see your lack of faith or that you stumbled again this week. And he says, I love you, I see you, and I've got a plan. And you know what? If you just seek me, just look at me, keep watching me, keep coming after me in the morning and reading my word and coming to church and hearing the word preached and engaging, 
I will take care of everything else. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. I don't know where you're at today, but maybe you need your faith built and you need to be encouraged. You walk by faith, not by sight. Or maybe it's been a long road and the answer isn't clear right now, but you need to determine to be determined because he's got an answer. It's just about seeking him for the answer. Or maybe you're here and this is brand new to you and you say, he has a plan for me. Would you bow your heads with me? You see, regardless of any one of those situations, the answer is to seek him because he has first sought us. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He said, you can't be righteous. You can't make it. You're not good enough. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But instead, what I will do is lay down my life for you on the cross. An act of true love and as he did he opened up the pathway that is yet to be determined for you the question is what do you choose today if you're here and you don't have a relationship with God I want to encourage you and let you know he knows that and he's got an awesome plan for you all it takes is submitting to him and saying, I choose you. I'm going to put down my will and my plan, my way of doing it, and turn my hands over and say, I choose your plan. I choose your way because it's better than I could even have thought. And if you're here today and that's you, with heads bowed, eyes closed, there's nobody looking around, I want to challenge you to do something a little more difficult. And not only turn your hands over, but raise your hand and mark the moment. Say, that's me. I need to make that choice today. I have to make that decision because I know he has great things for me. I just need to turn my will over to his. It's not an elaborate plan. It's not something difficult that you have to do. It's simply saying quietly under your breath, Lord, I choose you. And would you forgive me for my sins? And would you take my life? You might also be here and saying, you know what? I've already made that decision. But the truth is, sometimes I walk by sight more than I walk by faith. And I'm a Christian and I know better and I need to do better. Or maybe things have gotten difficult and you don't see the end in sight. It's still too to be determined for you very literally. And you're like, I need to be determined to be determined and I need to make that choice. Or maybe you're here and say, you know what? I need to seek him more. I'm just going to set my eyes to seek him more this week. I'm going to go after him more. That's a choice you need to make in your seat too. And I would encourage you to do so today. So as those that have raised their hands, go ahead and put them down. We have a tradition here at Lake Hills Church. We say welcome home and say welcome to the family. Can you put your hands together and say thank you for those in the room that made those decisions? Boy, God is so good.